Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Charity Charge Show. Today, our guest is John Lux, who is the executive director of Film Florida. John has been the executive director of Film Florida since 2016. John, thank you so much for being a guest today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's our pleasure. Start us off. Tell me a little bit about the mission of the organization and its founding. So the official mission, you know, is, is corporate speak. Um, you know, Film Florida is a, a not-for-profit. We're actually a 501c6 that provides a leadership role in Florida's film and entertainment industry by representing a coalition of interests, including private industry, local film commissions, uh, industry associations, educational institutions, uh, students, and labor organizations. Um, you know, our purpose is to offer businesses and individuals the benefit of a statewide trade association uh, to promote the creation of jobs in the film and entertainment production industry and promote economic development as well as tourism growth here in the state of Florida. So that's like I said, that's corporate speak. And when it really boils down to is our job is to grow and strengthen our industry, the production industry. And um, that industry has become more broad in the last decade or so. I mean, it used to be very narrow in terms of what people considered film, television, and digital media production. Now, you know, with the, with apps and, and games and virtual reality and augmented reality and simulations and all of these different things that really fall under our umbrella in terms of the, the, the production industry, um, because there are so many different elements that go into those. So, you know, the, the organization has been around since uh, the late 90s, you know, it, it officially 1998, but uh, it started really operating in 1999. And the, the main mission of the organization at that time, which, you know, continues today, is marketing. Um, we're, we're essentially a trade organization that does a lot of marketing. And, and so we're marketing to the state of Florida to make sure people understand the importance of our industry for the, the history of the state, as well as the current economic development side of things. Uh, we go out of the state, uh, most of the time virtually, but also some physically sometimes go out of the state um, to market the state of Florida and market what our industry does here in the state. Um, you know, so in the end, it's always trying to promote the state of Florida, our industry, our organization, and, and what we do for, for our industry in the state. Thank you for sharing that. Now, I know your background uh, goes back, obviously, you're proud of your Chicago roots. And I know, I believe what brought you originally to Florida was Walt Disney. Can you talk a little bit about, about your experience, both in Chicago, and then um, just share you know, your experience working at Walt Disney, I think I always like to give perspective because a lot of people that are listening to this podcast are aspiring to be an executive director or a leader of an organization. So I'd love for guests to share, you know, their journey, which took them to present day. Sure. So uh, I was born and raised in the Chicago area. Um, I uh, went to Purdue University, uh, which is in Indiana. Um, I, my, my brother actually, who was older than me, went to the university of Illinois. Um, but I, I stayed in the big 10, but I went to Purdue and I really went to Purdue, um, because I really liked the campus, but once I got, did you there, overlap with Drew Brees? 
Uh, actually, uh, Drew Brees was right after me. Okay. So yeah, it was, uh, we, we had some terrible football teams when I was at Purdue. And then the minute I left, uh, they got good <laughs> with Drew Brees. So yeah. It's funny. Cause I'm in Austin, Texas. Okay. And, uh, Drew Brees went to high school, the local high school right. here, Westlake high school. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, actually, I mean, the, the funny story about, uh, Purdue football when I was there is that at the same time that I was there, my best friend was playing football for Northwestern and, um, leading up to the time that, that my friend Mike got to Northwestern, Northwestern was, you know, traditionally terrible. And in his years of being at Northwestern, they got good. And his junior year, they went to the Rose bowl, his senior year, they actually came down here to Orlando to play in the citrus bowl against Peyton Manning. And so a lot of Saturdays when I was in college, um, I would get up super crazy early in the morning on Saturdays and get in my car and drive to wherever Northwestern was playing that weekend because it wasn't worth staying on campus in West Lafayette to see Purdue play when I could go see Northwestern play um, in their two great years that he had. So, so yeah, I was at I was uh, at Purdue and realized quickly that I was kind of an outcast because if you're not uh, an engineer or a pharmacy student. Uh, at Purdue, you're, you're in a very small group. <laughs> and so um, I originally went there for, um, I, I wanted to be a print journalist. I mean, the goal at the time, I wanted to write for Sports Illustrated. Um, and through, uh, you know, that, that quickly turned into something that I didn't really um, want to do. I mean, actually, once I started getting into it, and so I opened up the, the uh, liberal arts catalog and flip through a bunch of things and said, okay, what, what can I do? Um, because I really couldn't afford to stay more than four years. So I couldn't really kind of start over. And so I thought, okay, television production, that seems kind of cool. And did that for a couple of years. And it wasn't until my senior year of college that I realized I actually hated production, but I loved post-production. I loved the editing side of things. And so when I graduated, I uh, went back to the Chicago area with my, where my family was and got a job at a small little production company in the suburbs where I live. And I was the uh, assistant editor, the post-production assistant. So I, I made coffee. I went and got lunches and um, organized videotapes at the time and, and uh, learned a lot. And through a, a really long story, which doesn't really matter, but I eventually started saying, you know what, I think I want to move to Florida and, and Orlando seemed like a good place because I had some friends here that had recently moved. And so it was kind of a safe you know, place for me to try and start. And I, you know, back then it was kind of the early days of, of true internet. Um, um, and I just searched and searched and searched for all kinds of production companies and post-production companies in, in Orlando and sent out probably close to 100 resumes by paper, you know, printed them out, folded them up, put them in envelopes, stamped off of the way. And I got uh, an, a couple of thanks, but no thanks. And then uh, I got an email from a, a gentleman um, that worked for uh, the division at Disney that did uh, film and television production here in, in Orlando. And his name is Matt Seitz, and I still, uh, I still have the email. And he invited me, you know, to, to come take a tour of the, the facility. And I didn't know if it was a tour. I didn't know if it was an interview. I didn't know what it was, but it was a good enough reason for me to come down to Orlando for a weekend. So I did. And it ended up being an interview. Um, and um, 
you know, my, my then girlfriend and now wife came with and she did a job fair for teachers. And uh, she left that weekend knowing that she could get a job if she wanted to move here. And, you know, I felt really good about the interview. And I just uh, really was at the right place at the right time for uh, the company, the division name was called Disney ideas at the time. And I uh, went home and my dad picked me up from the airport and she, you know, how was the weekend? And, and I said, dad, I, I think I got a job in Orlando and I think I'm moving. And I mean, he was shocked. And uh, by the end of that week, I had gotten the official, you know, uh, and I still have that email too. And the email was very non-committal. It said, if you make your way to Orlando, I think we can keep you busy for a while. And that was good enough for me. Um, Cause you know, working for the Walt Disney company was in, in film and television production was a dream, you know, who wouldn't want to do that. And sure. so um, I went, you know, packed up everything, my, my entire life uh, from my, from my dad's house and um, a month later uh, moved. And um, you know, my first day was April 20th, uh, 1998. And uh, it was, I, I took a step backwards career wise because I went back to being the assistant but what happened once I got there was um, we were approaching um, uh, the, the whole Y2K thing and people didn't know if computers were going to work. And so they got a new, a new system to run the, basically the operation and, and nobody really knew it. And so I took the, the stack of floppy disks that they, for the install program and put it on my computer in the tape vault. And I learned that new system frontwards, backwards, inside and out. And um, that really gave me a sense of understanding how the organization worked. And so I taught everybody within the organization how to use the new system. Um, and then it kind of turned into, well, you know the system, so set up the system and how should we do things? And people started coming to me for how we should you know, set up the organization and run the organization. And that was really how I got my, my roots in operations. You know, in, in college, I was a, a communications major, but I also took finance classes. I also took accounting classes, took supervision classes. And so it was really, it kind of came to, you know, all together where I realized maybe I didn't want to be a video editor the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. But all of those other skills came together where I, I was good at operations. I was good at finance. I was good at uh, supervising people. And I went from being the tape vault guy to the operations manager of a, a, a Disney division in, in like 18 months. And um, it was pretty crazy. And, and then, um, you know, the next step after that was that the, the company actually decided to leave Disney, um, which was a little bit of a shock to the system. But um, we decided our, our owner at, or our VP at the time and, and who was then our owner decided to take the division independent. And, um, you know, so we, we left, you know, on a Friday afternoon, went to the Disney casting center in 2001 and signed resignation papers, got, you know, traded in our Disney IDs. Um, we're no longer Disney cast members as they call their employees. And we went back to work the following Monday in the exact same location, working for the same clients, doing the same thing, except now we were a startup. And, so I, I was the general manager of the, this brand new organization. And so I really, and so I, I went from moving to Florida in 1998 as the tape vault guy 
to the general manager and the operations manager of this brand new startup company, essentially in less than three years later. And so um, I got a crash course on everything, you know, cash flow. Uh, we didn't even know how to send an invoice at that time because Disney used to do all that. And so I, I really got a, a whole business crash course on figuring out how to run a business um, at a very young age and very little experience, but it all kind of came together from all the different experiences that I had the previous, you know, five or so years. And, um, you know, I was with that company for about 18 years and, uh, you know, it, it was, um, you know, in 2016 that I left and then came over to film Florida. That's awesome. I appreciate, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, I was sort of kind of chuckling inside when you talked about the startup experience, just going through the journey the past seven years or so myself with starting charity charge. Um, definitely can relate. Um, mm -hmm. although we were not, you know, part of a, of Disney beforehand. Um, tell me, um, why were you passionate about coming to film Florida in 2016? So I got kind of dragged into the whole film Florida existence around 2010. And, um, although the organization's main goals are kind of like marketing, like I mentioned, professional development, networking, those type of things in, you know, the 2009, 2010 range film, Florida long, you know, long before I got involved, started getting into the advocating side for the industry in terms of, um, film incentives. And at that time, I just thought, well, somebody else is going to handle that. I, I don't need to really get involved. Like I'll, I'll listen and I'll send emails when they ask me to and all that, but I don't really need to do much. And a really good friend of mine was the president of Film Florida at the time. And so she kind of got me involved a little bit. It wasn't until 2014 when it really just started because um, I went to an event at the end of 2013 and I was inspired. Um, you know, a, a state senator got up and basically said, look, you, you're, as an industry, you guys are, are really creative, um, but you tell your story horribly. And it resonated with, you know, kind of the philosophy of, of, my, of, uh, of ideas that it's all about telling your story. And so I thought, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to tell our story as an, as a company and, so I, I did a video, we, you know, we had camera and, you know, um, a place with to, to film production in our building. And so I did a, just a sit down, stare at the camera and kind of read, read a monologue type thing for a couple of minutes. And um, I sent it to a bunch of legislators at the time. And, um, you know, it was, it was decently well received. Of course, you know, I'm not meant to be an on-camera talent. I'm not an actor. So every actor ridiculed my, my on-camera skills, but the message was really what it was about. So a couple of people within Film Florida contacted me in 2014, early in, in the year and said, hey, look, we, we really want to push our social media strategy more. And that was something that I was passionate about with ideas. And um, can you help us? And I said, well, sure, let's set up a call and talk me through what you're trying to accomplish and how you want to do it and all that. And it was pretty clear uh, immediately that um, they were very scattered in what they were trying to accomplish on social media. With, and at that time, it was basically Facebook and Twitter. And they said, well, can you help us? And, and after on the call, being on the call for a while, I said, look, um, 
it's, it's hard for me to like help you. Why don't you just let me do it? And I'll take over the, the social media for the organization. And um, so that, that got me really roped in. And then a few months later, they asked me if I wanted to join the organization officially. And, and, and our, my boss at the time said, yeah, sure, of course, we should be part of that. And, and then I got kind of pulled onto the executive board. And I was the treasurer for uh, two years on the executive board. And I handled the marketing committee. And, and then in 2016, um, so ideas, uh, the owner at the time basically wanted to, to take the organization in a different direction. And so as, as the operations guy, um, you know, what, what he was trying to accomplish really didn't require an operations guy. And so it, the, the company didn't really, I didn't have passion for where it was going and they also didn't need me. And so I, after 18 years with the organization, I was jobless. And at the same time, Film Florida had been talking about hiring a full-time executive director because Film Florida is a, a volunteer membership-based organization. People pay their membership dues, but they have full-time jobs. And so they can't focus on the organization all the time. And one of the things that we were finding um, with me being on the executive board and, and just as an organization, as the organization as a whole, was that without somebody focusing on it, 24 seven, 365, it was never going to reach its true potential. And so prior to even me being considered, we all talked about needing somebody that could really focus on it. And so then, you know, in, in April of 2016, I was all of a sudden jobless. Uh, at the same time, Film Florida was trying to figure out how do we make this executive director role make sense. Um, you know, it, it's, it's a not-for-profit. It doesn't have a lot of money. So how could somebody get paid to do it? And so spent like kind of the next two and a half, three months trying to figure out how a deal could be made where they could actually pay me to focus on the organization. And we worked it out. Um, it, was, it was quite a change for me from being in the office for, you know, 18 years to now all of a sudden working out of the, the home office. And um, it was definitely a, a different pay structure than I was used to. Um, but it was something I had true passion for was, was Film Florida as an organization. And I thought, I thought there was a lot of things that I could bring value to uh, the organization if I could spend all day, every day on it. And so, um, you know, the, the, it took a little bit of, of uh, coaxing within the, the board of directors and the executive board. But in June of 2016, it uh, it got uh, voted on and, and approved, and um, you know, I, I, you know, all of a sudden, five years later, five six years later, um, here I am still in the same role, and we've we've done a lot in that time, and I'm I'm, I'm happy with what we've accomplished. Awesome. Leading into that, to what you just shared over those past um, five almost six years now, is there a particular anecdote or something you could share that sort of illustrates in your opinion, something you're proud of or the impact the organization has made? Well, I think I am personally proud of the fact that our membership has basically doubled uh, wow. in the time that, that I have been in this role. And look, I would love to take credit, um, but the truth of the matter is, <laughs> but the, the, the truth is, I think it's an organizational accomplishment in the sense that 
it shows that people see what we're doing and believe in it and believe that we're doing good things. And that, that isn't just one person. Nobody can accomplish that one thing. And so while I may kind of spearhead a lot of the efforts, um, if people joined the organization and then thought it was a complete waste of time, they wouldn't renew each year. Sure. And if, if people didn't hear good things or see good things about the organization, uh, they wouldn't continue to join. And so the fact that membership continues to, to grow is, is, uh, is very cool. Um, for a lot of reasons, um, you know, mostly because, uh, you know, we're, we're funded entirely through our, our members. Um, we, we don't get grants, we don't get, you know, uh, government support or anything. So the more members we have, the more we can do as an organization, because the more money we have. Um, if we're, you know, trying to hold things together with, you know, duct tape and chicken wire, we can't do nearly as much as if we have a, a reasonable, bu reasonable budget that we can spend on things. So I'm really proud of that. I'm proud uh, as, as an organization to see the progress we've made in a lot of different, you know, avenues where, um, you know, we're, we're wrapping up season four of our podcast, um, which, as you know, is, is a cumbersome thing to do. Um, you know, so at, at the beginning of uh, the fall of, of 2022, um, or actually later in the fall, but we're going to hit our hundredth episode, and and that's a pretty cool accomplishment. Um, we we have a number of different. That's things. great. We're, yeah. we're we're gearing up to be at our hundredth as well. So yeah, and, and so it's fun. it's a it's a cool accomplishment, and um, you know we have we have other initiatives that we have started and seen take off where we do a, a monthly professional development series, uh, all on Zoom. So people can join from, from all over the state and participate, you know, those have grown and those have been very uh, successful and engaging. And, you know, uh, our, our legislative efforts get a lot of attention, uh, trying to, to gain uh, more support from the Florida legislature. And, and while we haven't achieved kind of our ultimate goal, we've made a lot of progress there. And I think, the brand within the state of Florida of film Florida means something um, to a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. And I think that's something that goes um, to a lot of the efforts that, that have gone in. I mean, I'm, I am uh, working under my third president of the organization. And so being able to stay consistent uh, amongst administrations is really important. And I think that has allowed the organization to flourish because there is a consistent thread, regardless of who's coming in the administration, who's, you know, moving on. Mm -hmm. um, you, so that, that's good. I appreciate you sharing that because you sort of answered in advance my next question, which was going to be about financial stability of the organization. And it seems like having that continuity, but also what you shared, you know, obviously growing the membership base and having that retention probably are, are good things for financial stability. Um, that's, that's really our mission here at Charity Charge is really trying to help organizations improve their financial stability. And um, I'm just curious, you know, if you have any other points you might like to make or things that you've learned maybe um, in your for-profit career, looking back on kind of the, the running, running a startup in a sense, um, what are, are there any other additional best practices or advice you would have to someone who's a new executive director at a nonprofit? 
Yeah, well, that that's a, a great question. I mean, I do think, you know, in looking back on my my career, um, I, I think it is it's kind of interesting. You know, I, I worked for a small production company, then I worked for one of the biggest entertainment companies in, in the world and in, in the Walt Disney Company. Then I literally uh, was part of a startup and now I'm part of uh, a not-for-profit. And so I have kind of run the gamut in terms of, um, you know, companies that I've been associated with. I think in the end, I always try and do the, the same thing, which is um, add value, you know, add whether, whether it was when we were a service provider in, in one of those companies, you know, we, we, we wanted to add value to our clients when they were hiring us, because obviously if you're not adding value, why are they paying you? And in this case for Film Florida, I always want to show our members that we're adding value. And, and, and sometimes that is very difficult because um, when you have an entire organization uh, made up of people that are paying membership dues um, to show each individual member value that makes them get their renewal notice and say, you know what, I wanna renew this. That's very difficult. Um, Sometimes it's a little easier than others and, and because it's, it's very hard to touch each one of those members individually and make sure that they see the value in what you're doing. And so I think there's that balance of you have to do enough things on the big scale that someone will look at those and say, well, you know what, that might not directly impact me but I see that they're working very hard to help the industry as a whole. And in turn, that will help me. Um, there's, there's that part of it as opposed to, um, you know, a member that actually wants something very tangible out of their membership. And, you know, a, a lot of our members are very small companies or they're individuals. And so the, one of the first things that they want out of it is, can I get more business out of being a member of Film Florida? And, and I always tell them, look, I can't, I can't promise anything. I certainly can't guarantee anything. But if you engage in the organization, um, if you participate in, in some of our activities, I promise you, you have a 100% better chance of getting business than sitting at home and doing nothing. And so, um, you know, I mean, look, I, I'm, I'm probably preaching to the choir and, and you and people listening, but the biggest problem that we do have with our members sometimes is that they will join and then um, we, we, you know, have committee meetings or council meetings um, that are either call in or Zoom or pretty easy to access. And we have members that we literally never see or hear from. They don't respond to emails. They don't call in. They don't participate. And then 12 months later, you send them their renewal notice and they kind of say, Meh, I'm not sure I really got anything out of my membership. And it was like, well, how much did you put into the membership? Like that's it. it, it it's a cliche, but um, you know, you got to put something in if you want to get something out. And so I think, you know, that I, I don't have the, the silver bullet answer to that one of like, how do you make sure that all of your members see value in what they're doing in, in, in order to continue to participate? I think you just got to keep working to improve. Um, you know, we talked about our, our monthly uh, professional development thing, our podcast. 
we we never really sit still and say, well, we've we've done that, so now we're good. I mean, it's always when once we kind of get into something and we have an initiative and we build on it, um, I think the the logical next question for all of us is, okay, what's next? Because you can't just sit back and and say, okay, we're done, because that's when you get complacent. That's when your members get complacent. We always got to keep pushing forward. I appreciate that um, complacency can be a really bad thing for any organizations. Um, yep. So I appreciate, appreciate you sharing that. And you really, in a sense, I mean, with that sharing that last kind of thought, you answered one of my last questions, which was what is one of the biggest lessons you've learned since becoming a leader of your organization? So I appreciate you sharing that. Yep. Uh, John, how can people get involved and support your organization? Um, visiting your website. I mean, what are ways that, you know, individuals in Florida, if they're, if they're interested in being a part of this, usually um, kind of get introduced and, and, and join? Yeah. Well, on, on varying levels of uh, engagement, depending on how people are interested. I mean, I would say, and, and this, you know, all of these, except for maybe the, the last one, um, anybody can, can participate, whether you're in Florida or, or outside the state, if you're interested. First and foremost, I would say, Easiest thing is just uh, follow and like us on our social media pages, uh, just to stay up to date with what we got going on. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. We also have a YouTube channel that we, we post videos on. Um, the next thing I would say is um, subscribe and, and listen to our podcast. Uh, we put uh, from about roughly Labor Day to Memorial Day, we put out a new episode every other week. And we're on Apple, Google, um, Stitcher, and the iHeartRadio app. We're actually on a couple other uh, kind of podcast aggregates, aggregate sites. I'm not even sure where they are, but sometimes I see that people are listening in, in weird places. Um, and and we, we run the gamut on, on our guests. We have everything from you know, well-known actors and actresses to a lot of behind-the-scenes people um, that, you know, that have long history in the, in the industry. We have these monthly uh, professional development series called Film Florida Fridays. They're once a month on Friday mornings and we hit on a variety of different topics. Um, and we, we promote all this stuff on our social media as well. Um, and then, you know, the, the two other things, um, if somebody just wants to, you know, contribute to the cause, we have a donate uh, button on our website that anybody can, can donate uh, funds to the organization. And we obviously always appreciate that. But if somebody wants to actually get involved and engaged, they can join the organization. We have a, a big list of different levels of memberships. We have a, a student membership, which is just $25 a year. We have an individual membership. So if you, you're just an independent contractor or an individual that, that works in the industry or, or cares about the industry, uh, that's $75 a year. And then we have a variety of corporate memberships. Uh, we have an introductory one that starts at $250 a year, and we have members, memberships that go all the way up to $10,000 a year, and there are a variety of things that people get out of those. And um, So if somebody wants to, to engage or participate, we have a wide range of things that they can do. And um, you know, anybody that joins gets a, a, a membership gift, some Film Florida promotional items that they can wear and show and, and people seem to like the free gifts. So we're, we're always happy to send those out. And the more members we, we have, the more I'm sending them out. So I, I, I do an awful lot of mailings these days, which is good. That's awesome. Yeah. It's always good to get the swag. How do people yep. get a polo shirt? 
you know, I I have a nice polo shirt. I we, I have a relationship with an embroidery uh, company here awesome. in Central Florida, and so we we a couple of us have some polo shirts, but there isn't too much of a. a I was a, just kind of for that. Yeah, joking with you because uh, it looks it looks sharp. Well, John, thank you so much for being on this episode of the Charity Charge Show. Really appreciate getting to meet you and um, appreciate you sharing your journey. Um, as I mentioned, we've got a bunch of people to listen to the podcast that are aspiring nonprofit leaders. So it's really great that you were able to come on and share your story. And, you know, more and more, I mean, there's obviously two sides of it, but I, I continually find people that have made a career initially in the for-profit space and then had a transition point. Um, where they went on to the nonprofit side of things. And um, I really appreciate you sharing your, your experience. Absolutely. I, I appreciate you reaching out in the first place and glad we were able to do this and, and hope maybe that there's a nugget in there somewhere in the last uh, half hour or so that makes sense to people. Well, I will say this in closing that I, what I appreciated most was actually your uh, go-getter attitude when you sent out, you know, you're talking about sending out a hundred paper resumes, because that really reminded me of what, you know, I initially did. I moved to Austin 12 years ago after graduating from college and I didn't know anyone down here. And we were still really coming out of the 08 recession. So the job market, mm -hmm. you know, it was not great, especially for someone with no work experience, you know, other than a college degree. Uh, and so it was a lot of knocking on doors and, Obviously, this was not that long ago, 12 years ago, but I did have printed out resumes, you know, and okay. stuff. So I uh, totally appreciate that. And uh, I think that that is a great, great lesson, um, you know, not just in persistence, but also I think the the numbers game. Right. Because I think that that's what a lot of life is about yep. um, is just keep taking shots and shots and shots on goal. And eventually one of them is going to go in. And, and usually with life, with things, you know, you only need one to go in, right? right. You're like, you're only going to, we're only going to get one full-time job. It wasn't like, so who cares if you sent out a hundred letters to get one, that's all that mattered is that you got one. Well, I get asked a lot for, for career advice in general. And my, the, the, the best advice I've ever been able to give people is be at the right place at the right time and then don't screw it up. Um, and, and the only way to be at the right place at the right time is that, you know, kind of persistence, not necessarily annoyance, but just, just stay present, stay engaged, and you, you will find yourself at the right place at the right time. And then once you get that opportunity, make sure you take advantage of it. That's awesome. I appreciate yep. you sharing that. Well, John, thank you again. And thanks for everyone who continues to listen to the Charity Charge show. Take care until the next episode.